The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com slash US to learn more. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. directly told me but in certain circles I know that there have been like teachers who have taken advantage of their students in certain ways like holding like you know I also dealt with on the stunt world like that sort of gatekeeping if you're higher up in the performing arts like you can kind of use your leverage to get people to do things they don't really want to do yeah so that like that kind of transcends beyond dance just dance stuff Um, and we will talk more about because we're also in this series, I want to also talk about Gloria Trevi. Trevi, I have to f- ask Carolina how to pronounce it correctly. Mm-hmm. But she's also the dynamic that I find really interesting and sad in this is that the lead ballerina, who's who was so powerful, was helping her husband traffic. So he was like basically, I blame her too, but yeah, he was basically puppeteering her to get him victims. And this woman who should have been able to just, like, hold her own because she was, like, the the top of the world still just, like, did what he wanted. Gross. And justified it. And that happens um, in that Gloria that she was a a musician, a singer, who was really, really, really popular in the 90s. And it turned out that she ended up – was accused of trafficking girls for – uh, her, I think her business partner, I have to kind of go further into that. But um, so she had like all of this fame and fortune and like notoriety and like power. But she was still this person behind the scenes was still kind of like pulling all of her strings for her. And she would yeah. still, you know, have to. Maybe she thought she'd lose it all. I think that it's it's like I think the dynamic of it is that you can be like really powerful in one aspect of your life and then not in another and I think there's something held over people in the romantic sense. Like if you feel like the romantic end of it is involved in in your business dealings in any way, it can become really murky. I mean, that happened with me and in, in, in when I was doing indie horror too. Like a really bad guy who I was like 
producing stuff with and I was sort of also in a romantic thing with um, really ruined my life for like four years. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. It's fine. You're it's, doing great now. I am. I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I, it was really hard to get away uh, and I lost a lot of money, like all my money. And uh, he also made everything suck that we did it together because he couldn't. He was such a um, mess. He was like a sex addict and a drug addict and all this stuff. And he just he just like basically would just bulldoze people's lives. But it was really good at lying about it and kind of confusing you. That's what a lot of bad people do is they keep moving the goalposts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, but you said this and now it's this. They want to confuse you because oh, yeah. they want to tire you out so you don't challenge them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Shall we start? Um, are you doing good? Yep. All set. I'm recording. Yeah, great. Let's just start recording because like, we've been doing that for Akatar and I love it. It just... Uh, it feels better. Sorry. I, I didn't... No, sorry. <laughs> is it is it uh, is it distracting that my Akatar map is behind me right now while we discuss this? No, I love it. I love how like Lord of the Rings girl girlified it is. Um, but yeah, like when a when a power person has you know in your grasp, you could be on top of the world. You could be making money. I mean, mm -hmm. I was like doing all these festivals and headlining, and then mm -hmm. I remember having to like kowtow to certain people because I thought, oh, if I stand up to them. Then I'll be over. Yeah. You know? Definitely. I mean, it is that dynamic. It's so bizarre. And, um, oh, my gosh. Wait a second. Did we just get – we started recording. Amber and I have just been sitting here for the last five months talking into these microphones. And now a man just came in oh. and hit record. And I guess we're starting season three. Oh, my God. Blow the dust off these old bones. Let's go. <laughs> those are my arms creaking for those of you out there. Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. We're back for season three. Thank you guys so much for being patient with us while we worked on episodes. We just really wanted to make sure we weren't coming back with kind of – half-assed series is so yeah, we want to work on this hard for you because you deserve to be infuriated like the rest of us yes but thoroughly infuriated yes. not just you know kind of getting a little bit of the information um yeah man we i'm so excited i am so happy to be sitting across from you there amber yeah i feel like um i wish i'd have done more on this break I wish I would have like learned a language, conquered the world. Instead, I took a lot of naps and I went to the park a lot. Resting is it important if you do want to conquer the world. You cannot do it sleepy. I you know, that's that. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I do feel rejuvenated. You should. I'm glad. I, I think that we kind of got into that trap during COVID of being like, well, everybody's going to write 12 novels, right? Because we have all this time. But that's <laughs> just not how stuff works sometimes. No, 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 no. no. Um, resting's good. I'm glad. But you look yeah. fresh. You look rejuvenated. I feel like I'm on top of the world. And, you know, spring, there is something about, like, whether you believe in astrology or not, but, like, there is something about the rejuvenation, the newness. And, like, people born around this time, it does feel like they're a little more like, let's go. Oh, like me? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. My birthday is, I'm a spring baby. Um, yeah, of course. I think, I mean, we have, you know, like, very longstanding holidays about this time when everything is you know, opening up and becoming born again is definitely, it's a, I think it's a vibe for everybody. Yeah. Right? A little bit. We need it. We do. And we, we're going to need it after we start these episodes again. That's right. Well, this one's about like the, the dance world, right? Yeah. So, okay. This is. I, you're I a dancer. You're a beautiful dancer. And like you brought this person to my light that I'd never heard of. Well, thank you. Um, I, I am a dancer and. 
one of the reasons I wanted to start with this one at the very top of the season is because this was something that I happened across unintentionally just on my days, my day-to-day life looking at things on the internet. And um, I was completely stunned. And it I kind of came to realize that in my world, this is a massive like like mind melting story, but outside of the dance community, it's not really known. And and the women who've come forward haven't gotten a lot of coverage or space in in public because um, I guess the arts aren't cool. And they also, I think, there's a stigma about a woman joining the arts of like, well, if you're assaulted, it's your fault because God gave you creativity. I don't get it. I yeah, and I think also. There is there is a sense in the ballet world, at least in my experience, that it's not as I don't want to say it's not misogynistic. It's it is, but there there's more women in power there, and and not to say women can't be predators. In fact, we're going to be talking about one today. Yeah. But um, it's a different vibe, and so you know, I think sometimes people don't think about it in that way because it's mostly women, and women certainly can't do these sort of things. Right. Well, didn't ballet start off with like. These are dancers, but also come to the back of the stage and all the royal Russian oligarchs, they can go sleep with them. That was a phase of ballet. Ballet actually started in the royal courts, like in the 1600s. It's been a while since I got my dance degree. I think it was 1600s. It was a a king started it, and it was like what royal people did with each other. They did a little ballet dance. Um, And then at a certain point in the, I think around the mid-1800s, it did become a thing where... But it was all women. Women didn't have jobs. So when they became dancers, uh, late maybe late 1800s, um, when they became dancers, they also were sort of auditioning to be wives. Oh. Or like, you know, uh, escorts of sorts. But it was because there weren't – this was like women did that in everyday life trying to get married because they couldn't work. Yeah. Um, really. So um, – Or they did work. You just weren't paid for it. Sh- um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's gone through many different phases. Balanchine also was super mis- misogynistic. He's the one who sort of created the the skinny ballet body. Oh, look. my God. When they dance around, I'm just like, do you need a candy bar? Well, or is this OK? And I get that your body could be naturally that way. But like sometimes I'm just like, honey, eat. Yeah, it's gotten. And I will say in the last 10, 15 years, it's gotten a lot better because dancing has now become more athletic and more acrobatic in certain ways and you can't do certain things if you are starving yeah (laughs) but yes when I was growing up you couldn't have boobs or a butt or muscles really I mean you had to have muscles but it's why a lot of us like stopped having our periods for years which is something that happened to me because you have to like exercise and exercise but not be muscly so um that is its whole other own beast. And that, yeah. that is part of, like, the things we could call misogyny or whatever. So, and I don't mean to blame the woman for not eating. Obviously, it's the company. I mean, like, you got to lose the weight. For sure. But sometimes those are women at the top. I definitely – I had mostly a very positive experience in, in ballet. But the handful of times I was criticized for weight stuff, it was usually women. Um, you know, much older women who had grown up in a very abusive environment probably. Yeah. Um, so – uh, yeah, so this is not actually me coming after the ballet industry. I think some people want to see these elements of different, you know, arts and stuff and be like, we can't do this anymore. And it's like, no, ballet is 
it's it, it it fills people's souls like it is like it, it's a part of me I know how many people it, it feel that same way ballet in itself is not bad it's beautiful um and also you know even if we tried to take the ballet industry down there's just predatory people in every industry it's everywhere because there are hierarchies set up in places in most industries right and some people have just barren stinky garbage jump inside their chests and they they aim to gain that power in order to try to feed their emptiness with the suffering of other people oh god yeah those people like you're saying the ex-boyfriend that Mm -hmm. would just like bulldoze you gaslight you it's it's meant to confuse you so you don't know where the, the goalposts are. You don't know where you're standing. So you're tired. Yeah. And we've seen this a lot on this show. The, the, those kind of people are empty and they want to try to siphon off of people to feel something in their bodies. And it never is going to work, but they don't stop trying a lot of the time. Um, they never get the chance to fill their dumpy chests up. Um <laughs> So in like passionate art fields like dance, that's no different. There's people who are at the top who want to take advantage of people because they feel empty inside. For me, I mostly didn't have that problem in the dance world. In fact, I was mostly having I was lucky to have extremely strong and pretty safe women leaders, though, again, I didn't have there. I wasn't without the handful who kind of like encouraged my eating issues and struggling self-image stuff. Um, I had a, a instructor in um college who hated me like just hated me and she once pulled me into office she was giving me these terrible grades for movement stuff and I didn't understand why and I was just like why I did I'm doing it and she said uh you have a poor body mind connection and like kicked me out of her office and that sent me into such a spiral being a person in the young 20s having an adult older woman say like your brain isn't doing what your body's doing you don't know what's happening in your head and then just like going okay bye (laughs) it was so fucking confusing to me and it really sent me for a while but um she was like definitely an outlier I had a lot of really good people in my life and um but in my experience like most of the predatory people were outside the dance studio so it usually felt like a safe haven for me but I guess what happened within the story um, we're going to be discussing in this series is not that surprising because, again, predators are everywhere and we don't nurture mental health in this country. <laughs> so they're probably not going to go away. But in other ways, it was shocking because of how it played out and by who. So what disturbed me most about this story besides the obvious, um, you know, the predation um, – was that the power dynamic that led to sexual violence this time wasn't just between a higher up and a subordinate, but it was a predator going through a higher up to get to the subordinates. So it's it's a strange dance, shall we say, <laughs> um, that it wasn't the person, it wasn't the dancer getting the dancers. It was the husband of the dancer needing the dancers and the dancer helping. So, um, and she probably thought like, Oh, I can't leave him, but honey, he needs you more than you need him. Yes. And I'm going to, when he start off, start this off immediately saying, I I am not, um, calling this dancer whose name is dusty button, who we're talking about a victim. No, she is a willing participant. And, and I, I assume she probably is not, doing well in this relationship i don't think she's i think she came into it 
and then this started, I don't think she would have done this otherwise. Right. Well, if you're already in something like ballet where you're not mentally and physically intact, you know, like you've got to be very mentally sharp and, you know, kind of you can be taken advantage of because you're just focused on dancing the whole time. So somebody can come in and be like, just say the worst thing possible to you. I will say, though, and we'll talk about her. Her She really wasn't like that. Like she was the star of her ballet company. And when you are in that position, you you have a lot of autonomy. Like mm. you are powerful. You're doing ad deals. You like she had 300,000 social media followers. Like she was a name. She was she had power. She's like the, you know, the top model, oh. uh, the top, you know, superstar actor. I didn't know that. Okay, so you can be the top and still, you know, that's that's crazy how that could happen to her. Yes. That's what I really found so wild about it was that she in Every sense of the word, she should have a lot of control over her life. And she probably did in certain ways, but was still sort of under this puppeteering grasp of her husband. Yeah. And I still, again, blame her. She did. She's she's being accused a lot of a lot of things as well. But Dusty Button. Dusty Button sounds like a vaudeville act that, like, you know, takes off a top hat. And they're like, ooh, Dusty Button's here to show you her toes. Except in this case, that's her real name. That's her full real name. She I was like born it. with it. It definitely sounds like somebody who was named, like, you know, Jessica Smith became Dusty Button to be interesting. But that is what the name she was born with. All right. Um, but yes, and in before all of this happened, that kind of made her more interesting. People be like, that's a weird name. What's this? And then you'd be like, oh, like her dancing was so amazing. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance, not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night. Student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Yeah, so I just I wanted to start of the season with discussing and highlighting this the unique vulnerabilities of somebody pursuing the arts as a lifestyle, as we both have in various facets, Amber. Um, you know, for anyone out there who wants to go down that path or anyone whose children maybe want to go down that path in the future, because the arts can be a really intimate space. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, because there's Intimacy can be vital to artistic expression, including comedy. I mean, you did sketch comedy. You're grabbing each other. Sometimes you're in underwear. Yeah. Like all that stuff. I was very fortunate to have teachers when doing improv um, because there was always some guy in class and they know you have to yes and. Mm -hmm. So they'd be like, suck my dick. (laughs) And they know a girl would have to be like, oh, God. But then that's saying like no against the rules. But every single one of my teachers would stop the scene Mm -hmm. and say like, what are you doing? They would humiliate that man. Good. And he should be humiliated. Yes, and I never stupid. saw that dude again. Because they're also not even funny. No, they're not funny. They never are. If you're going to be a fucking jerk, at least be funny about it. Yeah, you know? at least tell a punchline. But they can't. Yeah. And they won't. And they thought maybe they could get into that class and just be like, I'm going to make a girl act like she's sucking my dick. It'll yeah. be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, it, those sort of things can occur in the performing arts and – Again, it's not always a bad thing. Like, I really enjoy intimate, like, dance. Like, you know, when there's, like, partnering and and comedy is really funny when it's very, like, visceral and physical and all that stuff. Yeah, the theater is a safe place to do unsafe things. Yes. And so this is – when something like this happens, it is so, like, disgusting to me. Um, So let me explain further. What are we even talking about here? This dancer, again, is named Dusty Button. Dusty Buttons! And I had followed her for years because she had a really interesting um, presentation of herself and and her personality and her lines, as if anybody dances out there, her lines and her extension are, like, un- otherworldly. Like, it's crazy. And so, you know... This was like last year at some point, and I was literally just going through Instagram looking for aesthetic things. And I was like, I wonder what Dusty Button's up to now. I couldn't find her Instagram account. That's weird. She's really, really, really popular. Um, so I skipped on over to Google, and from what to my wondering eyes should appear, not eight tiny reindeer, but nearly as many credible accusations of disturbing SA at the hands of Dusty and her husband. Oh, no. Uh, who now, whose name, he now goes by Mitchell Button. So he took her name. He did. Feminism, you can be a human uh, trafficker and let him take him your name. Unfortunately, I don't think that's why he took her name. Uh, not like our friend Ed, who took his, his our friend Julie's last name, which mm-hmm. was badass. Um, no, it seems, as we'll discuss here, it was for different reasons. So <clears throat> I was... Again, when I I had not heard word of this, and obviously I'm not in a ballet company, so I'm not like in ballet circles constantly. But I feel like I know a fair amount about ballet community. Yeah, I had not heard anything about this, and Gotta I was keep like, it under wraps. 
what? Dusty Button has been assaulting dancers? Like the, I, I was, my mind just shut down. And then, so I was like, okay, what do, what are we doing here? And, and again, I've said her, her husband's name is Mitchell Button. And I've said this before on the show that I get sometimes we all want to change our names. People do when they get married. You know, actors do it all the time. My, my birth last name isn't Jean. That's my middle name. Ooh. Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen Johnson. So if Whoopi and I do it, must be pretty fine, right? My Me new name is Snuffle Bitch Ass. <laughs> I mean, it will get attention. That's but right. A lot of people know you as Amber, so it's going to be confusing. Just saying. Uh oh. Um, but that's what you want me to call it, Snuffle? Snuffle Bitch Ass. Okay, I'll call you Snuffle. Um, but when you use a handful, four, five, eight different versions of a name, you're escaping. Something. I want to start calling those aliases more than just like a new name. Yeah, what are you, James Bond? What's going on here? So I'm going to at least have some questions at the very least. You know what I mean? So, yes, in fact, Dusty's husband did take on her last name when they were married, which is becoming, again, far more frequent. Um, but from what we know, it looks like there could have been a lot more sinister reason in doing so. So... Let's start with Dusty Button, though. If you're not a part of the dance community, you probably wouldn't know who she was. Um, it's one of those niche kind of celebrities who has this very rabid, dedicated fan base amongst dancers and ballerinas. But if you took two steps out of that circle, you'd be like, what's a Dusty Button? That sounds <laughs> like you need to go clean your buttons off, huh? Yeah. So the only other circle that might be familiar with that name would be custom car hobbyists, actually. Huh. From the name company... Button built. We'll get back to that in a second. Okay. So Dusty has accrued a pretty big following on socials due to her not only boundless talent and absolutely unearthly turnout. Yeah, her legs were just like, how are they not broken? I don't understand how she like split them up like that. And they're not like, but she's made it look so smooth. Yes, she is truly gifted as a dancer. Um, which is her, she like had like a in the dance world like a skyrocket to her she was a principal dancer which is like the top you can get in a company when she was really young so but because also because she was incredibly strong and flexible she was great on social media because you know we love those pics like the the crazy poses and she sort of also took on this edgy alt look in a sea of ballerinas who kind of look more like like you know, churchy and, and cute and, and sweet. She kind of did more of like a, if you ever seen Black Swan, she was mm. more like the Mila Kunis character. Where mm. She was like, black eyeliner and I'm going to bleach my hair. I don't even care what you think about it. All right. Or like bring it on. Was it bring it on when like what's her face? Yes. And she did the backflips and they're yeah. like, no tattoos. Yeah. She took her middle finger and like rubbed the thing off. Yes. Yeah. So basically th- that vibe. Okay. She's not like the other girls. Okay. She wore, like, Billie Eilish baggy outfits, you know, posted videos of her doing choreography to, like, trip hop and, like, fucking, you know, just, like, pop music and, and stuff that would normally you wouldn't see with ballet dancers as much. So, um, but also, on top of that, she was not just an Instagram dancer. She was a company member of a very illustrious and revered company called Boston Ballet. Oh. <clears throat> Along with a bevy of places where she was 
hired to guest perform, which is something professional dancers do a lot. And then she ad deals. She had her own leotard company for a minute, spotlights and art magazines, like covers. So that's like like the top. Like you can't get any higher than this, right? I mean, no, not really. As a dancer, you want to like, she's not in a company anymore. So as a dancer, your goal would be to continue to perform at the, at the principal level for years to like right. take all the best roles, like do all of these things. She's like a Meryl Streep of the ballerina world. She would have uh, been. It, yeah. <laughs> Damn. But um, not now. So, you know, she's one of those like, she would receive all those like storylines in the articles. Like she's not your mama's ballerina. You know, like one of those, and it'd be her just like her knee, her elbow on her knee being like, what? Oh, yeah. she's cool. Yeah. On top of that, maybe most importantly, and kind of the most disturbingly, she was regularly hired out by wealthy families who had children, mostly daughters, who were excelling at dance and were participating in dance competitions for Dusty to choreograph pieces for them to perform in these competitions. That could be cute. Well, and it's not it's pretty standard practice. Like mm-hmm. older dancers who are established will often be hired out to choreograph for kids. It's only if you are rich because it I mean it, it's really hard to be poor and get to this point in dance, especially so young, but so yes. We'll get as we get further into these allegations, it's quite disturbing and alarming that she had access to all of these kids in private all the time. I'm looking at these photos you sent me, Natalie, and they're a little disturbing. Um, if I didn't have the... Are you looking at the pictures of her modeling? In the car. If the accusations weren't attached to it, I would think these were cool. Okay, I think I still think they're a little like, honey, you're about to get run over. She's like doing a split on the wheels and like opening the trunk and like doing a high ballet move with her leg open. It just something seems off. I don't know what it is. Well, you'll continue to look at the photos now as you hear the allegations and kind of go like, I see something weird on her face. Um, But the reason that she's in these pictures, which I'll post on our socials with the cars, is because her husband was a guy who built custom builds for cars. That's a red flag. <laughs> that is a red flag. And maybe I'm the dum-dum because I don't like to drive and I think it's stupid in a big city. But I think those custom built sort of like, all right, look at the windshield wipers on this bad boy. Oh, you're making people upset oh, right now. we can go up to 100 miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. It's red. I think there's a red flag of a human. I don't know. If you like the cars, I fine. know my, my little brother doesn't listen to the show, but Ian, if you are, I'm sorry. He, he builds custom cars. <laughs> I don't know. What it um. is. I don't know what it is. Maybe because I hate driving. Maybe it's on me. But I just think these they're just stupid. Well, and the people who like them are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because they always equate these cars to girls. Like, look at the bumper on this ass. <laughs> All right. I, I can see that element of it. There are really nerdy people who just like like the the mechanics of it and stuff. But I get what you're saying that like. Some they like the is, flash. Yes. They like the show. Yeah. Then they are nerds. They're nerds that like went to the gym and they still can't pull a girl. So they have to get these flashy cars. <laughs> Not all of them are. Like, though. dude, just be a nice human being <laughs> and you'll second. get a date. I have to get you to where he actually did because this is a much better transition into his life than what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> Fucking fat cock. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> Coming in hot. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So you're looking at these pictures. 
And it would be this was another visual about her, though, that set her apart in the social media lexicon because she would do these dance shoots with her husband's exotic car fleets. So it was a thing that was I mean, if you saw this on Instagram, you'd be like, what the fuck? At the very least. right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not how you say an expert on custom car building on what the fuck exactly Button Built did. And of course, it's pretty much scrubbed from the internet now, but I do remember looking at his account when I used to look at hers back, you know, five years ago, and he always kind of seemed like a big D-bag to me. Like, he definitely wasn't my type of yeah. person. Um, and like like you're saying, like, he would always be on these huge, like, like uh, look like military vehicles. It was like very... Um, like he wanted to be in the army, but he wasn't. Ew, that's overcompensating. Just join the army. That's hard enough as it is. Like, go fall in line, wear the uniform, make your bed, get up at 4 a.m., but I bet you fucking can't. Well, you just want to cosplay as a military guy and I not do any of the hard work. I think that his what he really fed off of what is not available in the army, which is young girls. So they don't exist in army training. Right. So... Um, to the best of my explaining, my car explaining ability, um, and if you're car nerds listening to this and you're grinding your teeth, I am sorry, but is when I'm not. You basically re-outfit cars with customizations, often exotic or specialty cars to begin with, and then add body parts or accentuate them. So this is sort of what his business was, and he, I think he was pretty successful in that little niche. Um, the YouTuber Life of Palos mentioned them being a part of SEMA or Specialty Equipment Market Association. SEMA. Which is a, yeah, it's a marketplace culminating at a yearly show of different cars and parts and kits that you can purchase to make your vehicles unique. Oh, it's like a big muffler. So it can go down the street. Exactly. And we can all be like, look at that cool guy in his loud car. Yeah. (laughs) All right. My puss is wet. See, you should do ads for them. That's great. Um, I can't the loud the loud shit. I'm I'm not a car head man. Someone explain to me why. All right, I'll ask my brother. All right. Um, so he was a part of that, like his company, and which is I think a big deal. Anybody who's a car person out there, you feel free to come comment on our Instagram. <laughs> um, but that is uh, all I'm going to butcher in regards to his company. Okay. I know that he for one sold kits that you could add to stuff. Another car YouTuber named. Tavarish put out a video mentioning, and I'll I'll, um, I'll link him. His name is spelled T-A-V-A-R-I-S-H. He put out a video mentioning that he had a particular kit he was planning to put on a car that he was no longer going to use due to the, quote, recent allegations. Oh, Tarvish sounds good. So the video was made right after the news stories broke, and it became clear that he had a button-built custom thing that he decided to not put on his car because of the things that came out. So anyway, we're going to get back to Mitchell Taylor Button. He's got a lot of names. Um, Dusty herself grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. There's limited information about her family in the public. They are more on the private side. But she's an only child. And she has said in interviews that her parents named her Dusty because they wanted a biblical name, but something different. So they referenced the passage, God made man from the dust of the earth. Hmm. Which is a ch- a choice. Okay. If you're just going to use random words from the Bible. My you, name's Rib. Yeah, Rib. You know, you name your daughter Rib. I'm Flood. And your and your brother's name could be God's image. <laughs> Go make him dinner. Um. So, yeah, it's, 
it's so that's cool, I guess. Um, she was a competition dance kid, which is a distinction usually between classical ballet school and one that focuses on many mediums of dance. I'm not going to get into the nuances of dance schools for the entire episode because people will fall asleep, but I could talk about it for an hour. Um, she showed a natural talent very early on in her life and was already traveling to New York City by age 10, where she trained and was also featured in Radio City Music Hall Christmas show as a kid. That's a big deal. Yeah, especially because she wasn't a New York kid. So she was already at the point where she was showing a lot of promise. Yeah. And probably, I mean, she also had to have come from some amount of money. Um, I went to the Rockettes Christmas show once, and right over Baby Jesus was the Chase logo. <laughs> there you go. That is, that's America for you. That's right. Um, my husband, I also, as a child, was pulled on stage for the Christmas show um, to be the little kid who flies away in the sleigh at the end. So. Oh, that's so cute, little Henry in the yeah, sleigh. Pretty much the same. <laughs> I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but you know. Um, while she doesn't talk about her family often, she does have the air of someone who comes from affluence. The fact that she was going up to New York and performing solos and expensive dan- dance competitions tells me she either had a patron, because sometimes that does happen when you're talented, or her family was loaded. Though she was exceptionally gifted at even a young age, I'm going with the latter, that she probably had some cash in her family. In her early teen years... She spent several summers going to Royal Academy in London, another rich dancer activity, going abroad for summer intensives. But that's also an incredibly difficult thing to get into. You can't be just rich. You have to be a very talented person and rich. And if she's a teenager doing all this traveling and studying, because as a teen, you're kind of like rebelling. You're kind of being like, no, fuck you, mom and dad. I do what I want. And that's kind of natural. You know, mm-hmm. not saying that you shouldn't study and put your head down or whatever, but I'm going to go ahead and say the fact that she was so such in like a concentrated, controlled thing so young and never really had time to mentally develop. Yeah, I could see you getting into a relationship where the guy sort of controls everything. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, we'll talk a little bit about their early relationship, but it's still a lot of it's quite a mystery where they actually met each other. Mm. I think it was in London, but I'm not sure, but I'm going to try to find out. So... At 15, she entered what is considered one of the most esteemed and scariest exhibition-slash-competitions in the country, which is Youth American Grand Prix, mm. which is a basically a you have to get into this big ballet. It's like for kids. I think you, it goes up to 19. And you go and do solos. And it's where, like, a lot of people are picked up for scholarships for big um, dance programs for companies, like, get scouted for companies and stuff. And it's... I mean, I've only known a handful of people who've ever gone because it's, like, impossible. You have to be so good to get into them. Wow. It's like the Oscars yeah, of dance. basically. So, yeah, it's considered the cream of the crop kind of dancers. And, yeah, it's less like the Olympics and more like a place, yeah, where you would be seen to have a chance at company placement. So when she performed at the Grand Prix at age 15, she was offered a spot at American Ballet Theater's uh, Jackie Onassis School, which is... Again, that's like the top school. It is, yes. It is like I, you would I don't, see those in New York City, like on the subway. Yeah, and it was like, how do I get there? Practice like Carnegie Hall. Yeah, it's it's like up there with the most. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been to Lincoln Center? Yes, it's gorgeous. That's where that school is. Oh my God, that's like. When I was so poor in New York City and I'd go to Lincoln Center, I felt like it was illegal for me to walk around. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? I I loved going there when I was poor. Oh, my God. I would just walk around it. It's really cool. If you ever get to New York City, you should definitely go there. It's like the most weirdly peaceful place in the city. Yeah. And you can kind of walk in and out of the 
beautiful opera houses and they a lot of times have like art galleries and stuff open and a, a library dedicated just to arts, which I used in college. I tried to um, sneak into the opera once like during their. That's awesome. <laughs> during their, um, what do you call it? Inter- intermission. I was like, I'll just go in there, like walk with people and I'll find a seat that's missing because for sure, like some rich guy didn't show up, yeah. you know, a patron. And But I had a denim jacket on. So they were like, miss in the denim jacket. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's so dumb. I just walk in the crowd with a hot dog stand. And I just left. <laughs> Is this Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, failed, but I tried. Next time, just go in with, uh, like, wear a dress and walk in. You probably would get right in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where she got in. And it's like, you know, the teen training. It's basically the teen training school attached to American Ballet Theater, which is the top school. I'm just going to keep saying over and over, she got into everything that's at the top of the top. Yeah, and it feels illegal to walk in these places. Like, that's how clean, pristine, old money this is. But they're also beautiful. Yeah. Like, they're not just, like, rich people stuff. It's, it's like, like fountains and Historical shit. beauty. Yeah. yeah. I love that area so much. So, um, this is like a one in a hundred thousand kind of dancer getting even into their school. And... When you're accepted to train, you're sometimes offered a spot in their youth company, which is right now called ABT Studio Company. That means even if you are elite enough to get invited to the school, you are not guaranteed a spot in their company. But Dusty was. Wow. And she turned it down. Huh. It's wild. And I know that if you're not a dancer, you're probably like, why are you describing this? But I think it's relevant because if you're at this level of prestige, it's especially notable when you are found doing something so despicable for your, like, romantic partner. Now, I'm absolutely holding her accountable for her actions, but from everything I've consumed on this case so far, I'm led to believe that this was led by her husband. This dynamic is interesting enough that I also want to take a look at it in a similar set of circumstances around the singer Gloria Trevi, which we will in the series. All of the victims have been shushed and pushed down, and at least in this case of Dusty and Mitchell Button, a.k.a. Taylor Moore, a.k.a. Mitchell Moore, a.k.a. blah, blah, blah. Some of these victims have been ignored for almost a decade, actually over a decade, and were minors at the time. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric, with a backup plan, where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.
Hey, look at you! Florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. So anyway, ABT and many of their studios are located, again, at Lincoln Center, which you've seen in a million movies, including Ghostbusters. <laughs> so she turned a position down in this young studio company, which leads into their main company, which is unheard of, really. Um, but she wanted to go back to London. She said she wanted to refine her style. She didn't feel like she was clean enough to perform the way she wanted to. I'm not saying that that's a lie. Um, as a dancer... Like watching a dancer, I can see what she means. She has a very jazzy dance background and she her technique was a little all over the place when she was younger. It turned her into a force to be reckoned with for certain when she did this. However, there are conflicting stories about whether she met Taylor Moore in London or they became engaged in London. Did he have some role in why she went back to London? Oh, no. She might have turned down this opportunity for some dick. That's so gross. I do question Sad. it. And that is speculation at this point. But I do wonder. If I've that turned down to do dates it. because I, oh, sorry, I've turned down shows because I had a date that night. Yeah. Early on in my career. I'd be like, I can't do this show. I got a date. I mean, so stupid. I, I think it's fair. At least you I'm not I don't think you should shit on yourself that hard. Everybody does it sometimes. You don't necessarily move to another country and turn down like an elite position. But um, again, I'm speculating there. Um, if the if there's the off, off, off chance anyone listening grew up with Dusty, please send us an email at someplace underneath at Gmail because uh, I'm really curious to know the exact moment they met. Because wouldn't you know it, old Taylor Mitchell Button Moore has next to no internet footprint. Hmm. Almost like he wanted to hide he was present in his car building social media, like I mentioned, but that was after he had fully reestablished himself as Mitchell Button. Taylor Moore, who was a dancer, is next to impossible to find. And Taylor Moore was the one who started getting the accusations lobbed against him. So Mitchell Button, his name is actually Taylor Moore, and he used to be a dancer, which you would never know from his former social media presence. Oh, so dancer turned car enthusiast. Mm -hmm. That's a weird, all right, okay, weird, like, thing to hop into next. Well, okay, so let's figure out how this kind of went down. When Dusty first joined the probe company in UK, she went back, after she went back to the UK to, like, go back and do her training, she decided to jump onto a company in the UK. At this point, she is with her husband, fiancé, boyfriend at this at this time. Yeah. And then she eventually comes back to join Boston Ballet in the year 2012. She was quickly advancing to a principal at Boston Ballet after a brief time in the core and then as a soloist. So, again, without boring anybody, it, I think that all makes sense. Corps de Ballet is where you are in the, the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Soloist, you get to do some lead stuff. And then principal, you're like, the star, you're swan, you're la da da The roses you know? are thrown at you at the end. Yes. Yeah. So... She was promoted to principal in like two years, which is crazy. 
and this may have no bearing on anything else, by the way, but there was pretty quickly some discourse amongst her and the other dancers in the company about her attitude, that she was arrogant and rude and would often skirt rules that everyone adhered to, like showing up late for company class or not showing up at all, things like that, like refusing to, again, play by everybody's rules. Um, If I knew sports information, I would assert – I would insert a simile here, but I I don't. Yeah, it's like Don Uh, Doodoo. He showed up. He he didn't come to practice because he's the guy who's real good at the – Throwing the balls. Yep. So she kind of was doing that. Um, And again, you know, rising from the core to a principal in two seasons is atypical. Often it would take many, many years, but she was considered a star the same way a young actor might make a huge splash really young and then become like skyrocket into fame like, you know, Lindsay Lohan. It's rare, but the meteoric meteoric rise never comes crashing down to earth in a fiery explosion. So, you know, that's good. No problems. They always stay there, you know? Yep. Just stay right in the air. So it's here that several of Dusty and Mitchell's accusers first met them, or at least one. There's... There's presumably more than one, but I'll get into what I what I mean by that. There are only a couple of the accusers who have come forward publicly with a name. And while there were seven women involved in the suit that came out in 2021, one of them, whose name is Juliet Doherty, has just pulled out within like a month from today. She's probably scared. Well, she was citing the severe harassment online she was receiving from the couple. Oh. I don't know if this is in reference to the Smira articles that they just have put out recently or something that they were doing personally, like behind the scenes to her. But she has now pulled out of the lawsuit. So it's six instead of seven. Damn. And that's like only the people that want to come forward. Imagine Mm -hmm. how many people were, you know, something bad happened to them. And they're like, oh, I'm too scared to come forward. I could lose my job. You've been training for dance and you were a little bitty baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, these ballerinas, they've been training since they were like, what, four years old? And that's like the primary thing you know how to do. So now you're at the sort of top in this company. And you, of course you don't want to have these accusations, even if it did happen. Because where, what else am I going to do? What For am I sure. Do? And, and that is um first thing I see, if there's that many accusers, and they are all most likely credible in my opinion, there's um, my first thought is that's a mere fraction. Yeah. There's no way that this guy has had a pattern his whole life and it was just these people. Um, that and also, yeah, a lot of reasons that um, victims don't come forward as well is that it ruins your life a lot of the time. It becomes every aspect of your life. If you are involved in a lawsuit that uh, you know comes from like abuse in the past, you're you will be humiliated. You will be called a liar. You will have to spend money. You will your your name will be associated with that rape for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you have to keep reliving and reliving and reliving it. Yeah, so it's not something that a lot of people want to do, even if they were, you know, had to do things for this man. So yes, so this one woman, because some of them are going still by Jane Doe's. But now, but there are a handful who have had their names come forward. Juliet was one of them, and she just recently does not want to be a part of the suit anymore. Um, she didn't say that she was retracting the accusations. She just didn't want to be a part of the, the suit. So the one who has spoken out the most and is also being countersued by the Buttons, which just uh, after reading all of the information is just like, oh, this guy is – he is a piece of work. I'll tell you that. Um so it, the woman who has been at the forefront the most is a woman named Sage Humphreys. 
though she brought this lawsuit forth in 2021. She first took the buttons to court in August 2017, stating in her filing for a protection order that the couple had, quote, over 50 guns at home. Whoa. Yeah. That's another thing they don't tell you about lawsuits. Like, you think it's going to be over in a month? It's 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. So it's like six years in the making for this. Well, the first 2017 was a different protective order, which we'll get into why that happened then. She started the civil suit in 2021 after stuff started coming out with the Epstein trial and all that. And she's oh. like, I'm dealing. I'm I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, because of all the shit that happened. And it still hasn't gone to court. So years later, they, this is not over. Like this, this is probably going to end up going to a jury trial. And we're still just like there's no date set. It could be years. Literally. Ugh. So. Yeah, it's not a month. You don't, you're not no. just filing some papers and then it's just like, all right, we'll get to We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Cunt. Oh, uh, right. I didn't mean to do that, but I just, I did say. It took me a long time to figure out what that was because I had a lot of men tell me that. And I was like, I won't see you next Tuesday. I'll see you on uh, tomorrow and work again. And I was like, oh, see you. Shit. I, I think you still are the better, much better person in that scenario <laughs> that you just didn't know what that meant. Um <clears throat> So, basically, this happened first when Sage Humphreys filed this protection order against them, right? Sage was actually also a dancer in Boston Ballet. And we're going to talk about that here. But this was August. In May of that same year, so previous to this protection order, Boston Ballet terminated Dusty Button's contract. Wow, that's a big deal. Yes. Boston Ballet's public statements have been vague at best about this, and that could be due to the upcoming potential trial. But when they they terminated her contract, she was just reaching like this fever pitch of stardom. It was one that I had actually, I had crossed paths with her once in a studio. And it was like when she was really famous, it was right at this time period. And now I like, go back and look and I'm like, oh my God, like she was already kind of in the middle of these accusations that none of us really knew about um and she was using a studio i was leaving to go coach a young girl privately you got out just in time natalie she was almost she almost got me (laughs) i said don't you touch me dusty (laughs) um so it's odd to say the least unless dusty wanted to leave to pursue something else but I don't I don't know. Otherwise, it's it's weird that they would their star. They would just like end her contract. Mm. Very weird. Um, So, yes, Sage is also a member of the Boston Ballet and was first introduced to Dusty as a teenager. Um, So she's one of the only there's a couple one of the only dancers who didn't meet Taylor first. And we're going to be talking about the other victims more in the next episode. Because a lot of them didn't know Dusty first. They knew Taylor first. Um, Taylor Mitchell, Button, Moore, guy, that guy. <laughs> um, Sage met Dusty first because she was a younger dancer. She was accepted into Boston Ballet's junior company, which is called Boston Ballet 2. So Sage basically had the same trajectory that Dusty was having, having but at Boston Ballet. So Sage is a much younger dancer she was, I think, 18 when she started the junior company in Boston Ballet. And that was the same time period that Dusty was like the su- rising sun star in their main company. Okay. So she was like the big girl on campus. She was the top and everybody would be like, Dusty's coming in. Dusty. 
you know, that kind of thing. So Sage was coming in as this 18-year-old kind of naive dancer. Oh, this is dangerous. Yes. Very, very talented. She's beautiful. And she she grew up in a, with a stringent ballet training in Orange County, California, which is what I would consider a pretty conservative environment. And she was a little naive when she showed up and she had enough promise to be this professional dancer. I say this with love at her being naive because she honestly seems really cool based on her social media presence. Um, she was just young as fuck. I mean, 18 is young. And if you spent your whole life dancing and not at, you know, out at a party or like talking to people or taking like, random drugs from strangers in the right, woods like except, I was, because yeah. that's how I learned to be smart. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't. Well, at least you like learn a little bit of like, don't trust this kind of person. Yeah. I mean, I still definitely was taken advantage of like crazy and I saw way too much as a kid. But um, (laughs) she was a kid. She she was vulnerable, especially because she was moving literally across the country alone to be in this dance company. So she would like kind of be dependent upon those dancers in that company to like kind of cradle her and help her. And she had no qualms about it. She wasn't scared. She was like, my dance people, my community, I'm now part of this company. And she was really good. And so from her time in the, the second, like the lower company, she was promoted to the main company in 2017. And that is the one that Dusty is the lead of, right? But it was between then, when Dusty first met her, she was still in the lower company. So that's even bigger. Like she would go down to the like lower end company and be like, hey, dancers. And that's where she met Sage. Mm. And Sage was like, oh, my God. I can't believe you like paying attention to me. And she was. Dusty started giving her a lot of attention. Ooh. And she started saying that um, you really should meet my husband, according to Sage. Um, You really like him. He's really helps me with my social media career. Already red flags are going off in my head. Red flags. But but she's so young. She's 18 or 19. Yeah. 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 And at this point, by the way, um, Dusty is in her mid-20s and Mitchell Taylor is in his early 30s. So she's a teenager. He's in his 30s. Um, and this is also, again, the time when she was like, Dusty was popping off on social media. She was like everywhere in 2017. Yeah, so Sage is beautiful. She is a model as well, like a gorgeous, like um, all-American white girl, apple pie, Midwest-looking beauty. She's really gorgeous. And apparently what the buttons were looking for. Mm. Um What Sage describes happened to her is textbook grooming. A welcoming older couple takes you in, offers you community in a new city, wants to spend a bunch of time with you. Then they ask you a bunch of personal questions, ask you about your relationship history, take interest in your feelings. The husband, a former dance teacher and social media mini celebrity, offers to manage your social media to help your career. What could go wrong? I don't know. Certainly, if he's going to manage your career, he's going to need to get all your passwords, which is what happened. She gave him all of her private passwords for her email, her social media, her phone lock screen, all of it. So according to Sage, she was groomed, right? According to the Buttons, they were in a consensual, loving throuple because there's no denying they had a relationship. And 19 is of age. Yes, it's not illegal. Yeah. I don't think we should base a lot of egregious acts on whether or not they're legal, we should say, right? (laughs) We've covered a lot of things on this show that are not technically illegal. But if you have to say technically not illegal, usually it's pretty bad. I feel like during this little break, I've been on the internet a lot and I've seen a lot of takes from men in their 
I'd say late 30s to 50s, where they pine over 19-year-olds and they say, what? It's legal. But they the way they post them and the way they, they're so skinny, it's like um, – it feels weird. I'll say it just feels really, really weird. It doesn't feel like a – a partner relationship. It feels like this is oh, someone that no. I can like abuse and groom. It's different. We've said this before. You can have an age gap relationship. It's different if it's a pattern mm-hmm. and you are lusting after a specific like trait in a person and a vulnerability in a person. Yeah. If you are an older person and you fall in love with a younger person, that happens sometimes. Sure. Who cares? But it's when you have a pattern of this where you're like, you don't see a person, you see a, a series of elements that you can manipulate. That's fucking gross. And yeah, weird. it's fucking gross. And, you know, quote unquote, technically legal. Right. But also I can like fuck up a dude's life and it's technically legal. Sure. Like I can go get pregnant from him right now and like, you know, force a child support payment on yeah, him. That's yeah. technically legal. Yeah, sure. And sure, like sure. drop it off at his door. You could also like emotionally manipulate him and like ruin a bunch of his life and he wouldn't necessarily have like something he could take you to court over it would just be like i mean we've i think a lot of us out here have been in relationships that felt a little bit like i wish this was illegal that what just happened but technically i can't really take this person to court because i allowed it to happen in a certain level to a certain level um but not what i'm saying here with sage by any stretch we're going to talk a lot about the the response that the buttons have had over all of this, um, probably more next episode. But they have come out swinging against all of the – well, they are, they actually aren't acknowledging the majority of the accusations. They're only coming out against Sage, who was the person who put the lawsuit out first. And so, because also, if she said no, would she been able to move up in the company? So it's not really consent. Well, if it's if you say no, then you're 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 fucked. Your whole life is screwed over. That's not consent, right? Exactly what I was about to say, which is, let's say this was a quote consensual thruple, which I do not believe. I believe that she thought she was in a relationship with them for a time, and then they started to control her life. I do believe that. Uh, there are so many moralistic and ethical questions about uh, questionable issues, I would say, with this relationship happening, even if there weren't any technical crimes committed. Again, I don't believe what the buttons are claiming. However, even if that had been true, a couple who is like, if you round their ages out as 30, who has a large amount of power over a teenaged girl alone in a city without any family who has, you know, this um, huge amount of like um, hierarchy power over her should not absolutely should not be engaging in a romantic capacity with this person. No, imagine if I got a 19 year old boy over here who just came from South Carolina or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have your phone. Yeah. I have your phone. I'm trip. helping you. I'm going to take you under my wing. You're going to come stay at my house, which is what she did all the time. She slept at their house. Like if you did that with a young guy fresh off the bus. You'd be like, Amber, Amber, what are you doing? And I'm like, he's 19. It's technically legal, Natalie. <laughs> yeah. It's technically legal. I mean, this is what they were doing. Like, and not beyond that, again, we'll talk a lot more about this next episode, but they're trying to claim, and when I say they, I really feel like this is mostly coming from the dude, um, that she ruined, she controlled their lives. Oh, right. She's more mature for her age. Don't you get it? Yeah. So that's uh, quite an accusation. Um, so, yeah, as a principal dancer in that company, she's already holding this level of power of this core dancer 
not to mention the age gap, not to mention like the established life there, not to mention like had all this like network that this young teen girl had none of in this in the situation. So basically, she's like, oh, I'd love that you're paying attention to me. She agreed to let Taylor Mitchell Moore button manage her social media. She handed over her passwords. This man was effectively taking on a parental role with her as well as a sexual one. Without this young woman fully understanding what was happening, and I, that's what I personally believe was happening there, with the information that I have. So before we go any um, further into it, which we'll talk way more about next time. There's also a bunch of other women they're doing this to. So it's not just like the one girl fresh off right. the boat. It's just like a repeated offense. Right. The fact alone that there are seven on record um, – and the Buttons, by the way, are claiming that they're all just trying to get them for money and attention. That's their biggest, uh, you know, reason. They, they have no other way to, to say why all of these women come out. They just want us. They just they're just jealous, basically, is what they're claiming, um, which is insane. Uh, so they have the Buttons, I will, will say, um, have vehemently expressed and denied that they've done Anything wrong, they are they expressing their complete innocence, that they are in a consensual throuple with Humphreys, and that she um, got obsessed with Dusty and did this to take her life over. And they're the victims. So they are actually countersuing her, which is insane. And I think that they already are, understand how foolish that is because, for one thing, they have lost their entire lives. Um They've been trying to, like, hold on to this lawyer for two years, half a million dollars later, all of their savings gone. And I'm I'm saying that a lot of that was their fault because no matter what – if this was somehow magically, like, all seven people who don't know each other, who have very similar accusations against the man, are all lying. This, like – this, like, defensive tactic they're taking is – it's foolish, to, at the very best, it's stupid. Well, that's what uh, and it's narcissists ego ba- do. Yes, it's yeah. an ego-based thing. Yes, I agree very much. That's like I remember early on in comedy, there, there were people that were very nasty towards me, and I would, um, oh god, I would like try to not I would try to stand up for myself, but in a way of just like kind of get back at them a little bit. But then the way they would speak to me was just so crazy, and I was like, oh right, you're. I don't want to say insane, but I was like, you, you're you like a manipulator. Mm-hmm. You're a, a bully. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They know how to cut you in a certain way that you're like, I didn't know I could be cut there. Yeah. Well, you're also like, you're a very welcoming person. You're very like, in a positive way, like a very accepting person. And I think some people, uh, especially when we're younger. They take advantage they of that. Want, they see that and they're like, yeah, here's somebody I can fucking make shit up. And they'll just, they'll be like. I guess you're probably telling the truth. Yeah. Like, why would you ever lie? That's weird. Yeah. You know? People wouldn't lie. Yeah. They're always nice. Yeah. And that is also a thing that Sage was saying. I, I didn't ever have, I didn't think this would happen in the dance world. I thought this was like my little new community. I thought that I could trust them. Oh, honey. Yeah. Which is a bummer. I've known a girl who was sleeping with a director to keep a spot in a film and he fired her. Um, and, she was trying to sue him because he promised to keep her and he didn't because he had sex with her. And then the judge was like, that's not like 
it's technically legal what he did. It shouldn't be, you know. Um, and it is sort of uh, in Even that. Even though he was bullying her. <clears throat> and he was like, if you don't have sex with me repeatedly, I will fire you. And th- then she did. And he's like, mm, I don't feel like it. You're fired. I feel like and to some extent that could be in the realm of trafficking because it's one of the things that they're looking at with Tate right now which is he openly says that he's a human trafficker but like yeah. but he says it in a way where he he doesn't think that he's doing trafficking which but he does but like when he on those like online um forms where he was talking you know he was answering questions about his like his program if you wanted to pay for it he openly says I tell women um, I love them and want to be in a relationship, and then I turn them into cam models. That is technically a, I think they call it Romeo trafficking. There's yeah. like a term for it. Yeah. That you're lying about being a boyfriend in order to make them make money for you sexually. So I feel like actually that could kind of exist in that realm if you really wanted to pursue it. But again, if you want to, it's going to ruin your life. <laughs> right. Years so, and years and years. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to actually, this is already an hour. So we're going to come back to this. I'm going to talk more about. Taylor's Mitchell Taylor Moore Button's life, his background, the victims who he's had for a long time. Because so that's this is all to say I believe the accusers, and one of the reasons why is that Mitchell Taylor has police filings against him as far back as 2012. That's why he keeps changing his name, Mitchell Taylor Dusty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, apparently, according to some, there's been rumors about him not being alone with him and stuff since 2010. So, you know. We don't know exactly where Dustin he met thus far, but I'm going to keep scouring. And maybe some people don't think that's important, but I do. I think it's one of the things I've realized doing Spun these last few years is I'm much more interested in the whys and hows than like salacious details. Trauma bonding is a big one. Like if you go through something intense and someone's there with you, you're much more likely to stay with them, even if that person caused the the badness. Yeah. You know, for sure. And. You know, the reason I think the reasons these things happen, I think it seems like that, too, for you with this show is is much more interesting to me because it's only in the origins that we can ever detangle ourselves as human beings to kind of end this form of pain, this form of like abuse and and stuff is to to, I I do like the I want to punish people. I get the rage. I want to be mad, but I want to stop it. I want to know why these things happen. That's much more interesting to me. So these people who have been pushed aside because it's hard to face and these dancers in this case, they've been trying to tell people for over a decade that this guy is dangerous and they've been brushed off. And in, in doing so, he's been able to change his name, start over and do this more, have an, a fucking pipeline to a bunch of vulnerable little girls. And I'm very worried about all of the girls she was choreographing for. Did she ever did they go to her home when yeah. they left with him like there could be a lot of victims who are literal children who still don't want to know how to talk about this or what happened. Or you know? even to know that that was bad. Sometimes just something bad will happen to you and then you will wake up as a full grown woman and say, oh, my God. But you'll internalize to me. Even if you don't know, you'll internalize it in ways you don't even fucking understand until you become an adult. And mm. then you tell young girls to lose weight. You know, take accountability for your own actions. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you would wake up and say, oh, my God, this happened. Sometimes you just you're mean. Yeah. Yep. So that is the opening to this series. Um, (laughs) It's great to be back. (laughs) Uh, Are you regretting? No, I love this. Okay. Um, Dusty Button. mm, Come here to wiggle her toes for you. Yeah. So dusty. It seems like it seems like she's dusty somewhere. 
Um, uh, it's been great. It's great to see you again. It's great to see you, Natalie. Like, say hi and thank you to our new editor, Ryan, a producer who's in the room with us. It's very helpful to have somebody else helping us out. Yeah. So we're thrilled with that. Um, we're so excited to be back for you guys. And we will pump stuff out on social media. And we also are streaming every other Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., so it's either us or Brighter Side, Amber's other show on Wednesday evenings. We'll be talking more about, we'll be doing more casual, like, talkbacks about the episodes we've done. Um, we'll probably have some interviews, some guests on, and, uh, you know, just more of a casual. And you guys can, you know, obviously come to the stream and, and talk to us if you want to ask questions. And that's at twitch.tv backslash Network. And uh, you can follow us at someplace underneath on Instagram and TikTok and me at The Natty Jean. I'm Amber Smelson. And we are saucy, pert, and greasy still uh, sitting in this studio for the last four months waiting to come back online. Hell yeah. Uh, Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is about performance. Not just on the road, but in life. With not only trunk space, but room to make memories. It's electric with a backup plan where the only speed that matters is how fast you can slow down. The Volvo XC60 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. Performance where it matters the most. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.